0: Hello and welcome to One for the Books, I'm Jacinta
1: and I'm Emma, we're a book podcast for everyone, whether you love reading or your idea of a book is a glossy mag, we have recommendations to kickstart your book club, Equal Part Book Club, Ultimate Reckless and Catch Up With Your Friends. Hello, it feels like it's been so
0: long. It literally has been so long. That is so true. <laughs> We haven't been able to chat about books for a while. It's, I know. It's been missing from my life.
1: I'm desperate. I cannot wait exactly. to hear your thoughts.
0: I also think um, this is, I love, I kind
1: of love this topic. I think it's really fascinating. Yes. I feel like um, in some ways very like American centric because I would say that is maybe one of the most famous countries for the theme of this week's episode. Well, actually,
0: I will <laughs> say, so we're doing banned books. Yes. Which don't get confused with like banned music books because every time oh my someone god I forgot
1: it, that that was what people were thinking when well we explained it. I'm
0: thinking, oh shit, no, it's not music; it's banned, restricted, yes. freedom of expression kind of thing.
1: Double NED, exactly, not, not music banned. <laughs> <Yes.
0: laughs> but what I thought was really interesting, like researching this topic, finding out more about it. I think your mind, my mind, Im- immediately goes to America and all of the yeah. restrictions that has happened. But actually doing a bit of like history research, Australia in the 20th century, I think I found a quote that said, in terms of English speaking countries and Western countries, we banned the most books. (gasps) No. So Australia kind of has a lot of precedent in this world. 1930 to 1970, we were like the world's premier like book banner. And for some reason it's shifted now. So, yeah, I just thought that was so interesting that we actually have a really big history of censorship in Australia, actually.
1: Oh, my God, I love this. Like, not – like, it's so dumb, but, like, I love – but this, yeah, I just had no idea. Yeah, I and then, then there's like things.
0: this whole network of underground books that this group of librarians found in like this library's basement or something and then they did like a whole project on it. I'll actually link it in the notes. It's like fascinating being able yeah. to read through all the books and the titles that were banned. Ulysses
1: was banned. <laughs> yeah, what the
0: fuck? Catcher in the Rye,
1: things like that. It's, it's Which really Which bonkers by today's standards when they're now considered – like literary classics that are studied at school like exactly. the difference between them they're yes. going from being bam to being considered like these formative important like yeah literary pieces that students are expected to read totally like classics
0: that everybody knows and like you said we've literally yes. studied it at school but from like 1920 to 19 I don't know I think it's around <clears throat> 70 or something There were so many banned books in Australia. We're we're a very conservative country.
1: Yeah, we really are. I think we forget that. Like we so easily think of ourselves as more progressive, particularly, you know, comparatively to other countries, but, you know, even the US. But that's really not the case. We're a very conservative, traditionalist kind of country. Exactly. And even though there
0: aren't as many banned books now, I think there is still like a hangover from that. It wasn't 1970, wasn't that long ago even though america definitely takes the mantle now because some of the books that they've banned is absolutely ridiculous
1: plus i think they're becoming more vocally conservative and more obviously conservative like they're moving into quite extremist territory i would say that's so true and like the book that we picked to read together yeah all
0: boys aren't blue by george m johnson yeah it's one of those ones where it's obviously about an lgbtqia plus activist who's like talking about those kinds of themes and it's just so obvious why it got banned like it's pure homophobia it's really it's really sad
1: yeah it is um i would say it's quite an intense book um i know it was it got a lot of mixed from because we uh, read this in our book club
0: it got a lot of mixed we did reviews didn't
1: it yes i feel like it was it's always so insightful when we have a book for book club. Um, I love hearing all of the different perspectives. Even if people, you know, might holistically have very similar views on the book, there's often like different parts that they might have enjoyed or disliked that are different. Totally. Um, and they always... I think just having a variety of opinions really makes me rethink my own opinions of the book or my own lack of like critical thoughts. Sometimes I feel <laughs> yes. like I just read books, that's a big absorb one. them. And I'm like, yeah. they are good for end. And then like, we'll have these like really in-depth chats where people are like, Oh no! Like I really thought it was telling this story, and I really hated this part. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, same actually. I just like didn't really consciously take that in. That's so true. It's almost like
0: you know that's how you feel, but someone like puts it in
1: yes. words that you never
0: thought of, and you're like, no, that is exactly what I think. You you posed that perfectly.
1: Yes, exactly. So this is um, your encouragement to like
0: chat to everyone in your life about books, and you'll get some
1: exactly. insight into
0: it it's kind of great and I
1: sometimes think this book was a good one I think at encouraging people ourselves included to read outside of our own experience mm, definitely. um and like whether you, you love the book or not like there's often and I think this was sort of a view that a lot of the book club members um brought to the table as well was regardless of whether they lacked it as a book they all felt that they enjoyed reading something different from a very different perspective or you know diving into a different minority or community group that they just wouldn't otherwise be exposed to you know if you've never really dived into the lives of you know lgbtiqa plus people slash activists um people of color or black people like that this can be a really good introductory kind of experience oh Um, it's perfect for that it's like
0: the perfect kind of introduction to that world i think Mm. and that's why I think Whereas people I th- struggled with it as well because it was kind of yes for Maybe younger people for young adults it's <clears throat> yeah. definitely a YA book um yes it really broke down a lot of those topics such as toxic masculinity and like Mm -hmm. marginalization and gender identity to like a really basic level which is good but if you're already kind of familiar with that it might feel like a bit more repeating or
1: you kind of already know it yeah and I think that point um which I think a few of us made in book club of because it's written for a younger audience like I think he makes an active effort to um almost sum up at the end of every single chapter or essay sort of, you know, it is difficult being a queer person in America or it is difficult being a black person in America. And it felt a little bit on the nose or like a little bit talking down to the audience. But we all struggled to work out whether that's because it was a YA book or whether it was... Just the way it's written. Just the way it's written and that that was the style. Like we all, yeah, it makes it really tricky. It was interesting. And maybe
0: that's why it was good that it was posed in like a memoir. Mm. kind of because it's like a memoir so specific to like your own life and you can literally write it however you want and it's your experience and we're just all kind of along for the ride and maybe that made it a bit more accessible like he was just telling his story
1: yes agree and I feel like I think one of the other criticisms was um we felt like he kind of went into weirdly in-depth analyses or descriptions of things that didn't feel like the most interesting or exciting parts (laughs) and then kind of skimmed over what felt like really unique or worthwhile things to have sort of dived into a bit more like yeah the pacing um, was weird wasn't it yeah and I think and I don't know whether if this is because it's an American book, maybe American audiences are more used to certain content, but, you know, we all kind of spoke about like the, his experience with the fraternity being something that we just would have loved to hear more about how cultish it kind of was, yeah. and that he really were skimmed over. Experience
0: during it. Yeah. And
1: he kind and of glosses of over me. a lot of it. And we yeah. were like, this would have been cool. But I, I don't genuinely know whether that is because in America it's such a more familiar topic. I don't know. Yeah, you just Whereas take it for granted. Here, that's so almost. weird.
0: That's such a good point. I didn't think of it mm. like that. That in America, yeah, <clears throat> everyone just knows yeah. how that works. Yeah. Especially in like exactly. that kind of community. Yes, but it was also <clears throat> kind of. So I think I liked this book a lot more than other people. Maybe because. I feel like memoirs are so hit and miss that so I always go mm-hmm. in, like, with low expectations. But I'm always taken <laughs> on a journey by the people and, like, whatever memoir you read, if it's someone telling their own story, it's there's always something you can – like, it's quite beautiful and you can connect to. And I
1: actually listened to the audiobook of this. Same. I think we – were perhaps some of the only two that listened to the audio book yeah. and just had a very different experience to some of the people that read the hard copy. Totally. I think that mm. makes such a difference, mm-hmm. particularly
0: when it's such kind of these kinds of topics, exploring childhood and adolescence and trying to fit in and it's coming from one perspective. If you can hear mm. that from the person's voice with their intonation and their, like, jokes and their, like, the way exactly. they kind of phrase it, I think it's – I mean, it's a beautiful experience, definitely.
1: And it's a more intimate, like it feels really authentic because it's the author reading a book about their own life. I don't know, they lend it a sense of gravity or lightness or whatever they're trying to portray in a way that you can't necessarily interpret for yourself when you're just reading words on a page. That's so true. Um, I think that made a difference. There's a part where like he writes almost open letters
0: to people in his life. Yes, I loved that. And that really touched me. Yeah, it was really beautiful. That Mm. was the one part where I did. I mean, I'm a crier anyway, but I bowled through <laughs> those ones. I know. There they were, were really, really so like, beautiful, like, vulnerable messages to, like, his grandmother and his family and certain yeah. friends. Um, I would rate it just for those again. It was kind of beautiful. But, like, I guess anyone putting themselves out there like this at, like, such a vulnerable kind of stage is, like,
1: really amazing. A 100%. Could not agree more. So, yeah, this was a really divisive one. But for me, yeah. it made the most interesting, well, one of the most interesting book club chats we've had. I actually Agreed. really enjoyed this as a book yeah. club read. I kind of Even love though I something is decisive. <laughs> yeah, decisive exactly. Device. I felt, I mean, I feel bad that people didn't love it. <laughs> like, then sorry, I feel guilty because I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've made you read something you fucking hate. Yeah. But also, yeah, it, to me, they're the most fruitful and interesting kind of conversations we can have with our friends.
0: That's so true. I yeah, that's actually such a good point. It almost makes it more fun what other people thought.
1: And potentially have your own mind changed, you know? Like gives you new perspectives on things that you might have assumed were like a set in stone way of thinking about something or whatever it might be. That's a, yeah, exactly.
0: That's like the perfect way to go into a book club like open to changing your mind exactly
1: having like a different
0: experience and I definitely yeah that's how we came into this book definitely
1: (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) yeah so that is All Boys Aren't Blue by George M. Johnson definitely worth a read for expanding your horizons if this sits out of your comfort zone
0: yeah definitely it's and it's like beautiful and vulnerable like you said it's kind of it's a really nice almost would you consider it a coming of age story
1: I think so definitely I mean it like it like we said it's very I would say it's got a lot of darkness in it yeah be aware Um, of that yeah definitely but I kind of loved in some ways it was kind of a cliche happy ending of like obviously his life isn't perfect now but sort of getting to see him on the other side thriving as a queer black adult yeah, despite the challenges i feel like that that's such an important message particularly for the queer community and the black community of yeah showing someone that made it through to the other side yeah he Um, talks
0: a lot about black joy and like what that means and coming out on the other side having experienced these kinds of things is what makes him it's like yeah it's that triumphant kind of ending it's really beautiful so i Mm -hmm. loved this book
1: yes Same. I think I loved it for the storytelling and I think if you go in viewing it as a collection of essays and reminding yourself that it's targeted at a younger audience I think that'll really shift the way you take in the book. That's such a good
0: point because yeah a lot of the barriers are the way it's written and it might might feel a bit disjointed who he's actually talking to and that kind of thing but yeah Mm. those are two really good reminders and I think that made the difference and recommend the audiobook to kind of counteract that stuff as well definitely and we the do. other <laughs> perk it's
1: a super short one it's like a four hour audiobook oh yeah something. It's, it's one of like, the shortest
0: ones we've done yes. yeah
1: it's so good so also if you're like pressed for time or like just want to have something like to be able to listen to really quickly this is a good one um, what are you recommending? I'm so intrigued. Oh, I'm excited to talk to you about this because this Ooh. is actually a graphic novel. <gasps> oh my God, I wonder if we're recommending the same book.
0: <laughs> oh no, I'm recommending Persepolis by Marjane <gasps> Okay,
1: no, but I'm obsessed with that book. How good is this book? Oh my God, so fucking good. I know,
0: I thought of you when I, um when I was thinking about what book to do because it's a graphic novel and you're definitely more <laughs> like au okay with that kind of book it's definitely still a yes. bit outside of my comfort zone but I think this book transcended the form that it's written in and it was such a moving beautiful
1: experience heartbreaking book like i cried so much reading this book yeah yeah and they just almost make it worse because it makes yes
0: oh it's kind of unbelievable so um persepolis by marjane marjane satrapi she wrote this book as kind of like an autobiographical novel and it's about her experience growing up in iran during the islamic revolution That happened Mm. in 1979 and I guess the introduction of a lot of laws and a lot of restrictions and her life kind of changed overnight and... Her whole community was bombarded with a lot of war, a lot of division. Like, she's this young kind of girl trying to navigate that, trying to kind of grow up and decide for her own self. But it's this backdrop of this really brutal civil war. Yes. With a lot of violence and a lot of restriction. And it's, yeah, it's really tough. (laughs) It's a tough environment to grow up in.
1: Yeah. It's an incredible book about family and loss and change and oh like yeah revolution the consequences of a lot of small decisions yeah yeah because like I knew the Islamic revolution
0: happened in 1979 Iran changed overnight but to actually have it kind of passed out through the eyes of like an eight-year-old was devastating and like there was all these other things that I didn't realize you're almost learning so much about Iranian culture and her life yes and also what was taken from them but like she's balancing that with just like being a kid
1: I know it's so
0: heartbreaking and thought-provoking in that respect as well because she's trying to navigate friendships and pop culture and like finding out what bands she likes but then there's this really brutal violent backdrop of it's not exactly safe to go out on the street by the end of the book there's a lot of bombings she has like a lot of devastating things happen to her family she just got family members who were tortured and who were captured or killed like there's some really and it makes those things because it's posed through this child's eyes and it's also a graphic novel so it's all drawn so it's really illustrated well it makes those instances so much more profound and intense and yeah it just puts you in that position and it's it's devastating
1: yeah it really really is I love um. that you love this book and know of it yeah, I only read it. Maybe last year. Um, Has I it think been I was looking a while, at like Oh, wow. I was going to say like yeah, early 2000s. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's one of those cuz I think I st- I read it because I googled like best ever like graphic novels to yes. read and that is constantly on the list of ones to read. It's got a lot of awards. Yeah, definitely. And I remember just not really knowing what it was going to be about. Um, at all before I got into it and yeah. just being like absolutely obsessed oh like it just I think there's like a couple of follow-up ones as well maybe on, yeah, by the same sequel. Um, yeah so have you
0: read it I have cuz my the book that I have has both of the stories mm. so Persepolis Love one this. is like the story of her childhood and charts where she was before the revolution happened and then all the years and basically at 14 she it's so dangerous for her and her family she's sent to Vienna to go to school and then the second mm. book is her coming back so it's like her homecoming back to Iran and how much it's changed and back to her family. So I recommend reading the second one as well. It's kind of. Incredible. I'm
1: literally putting it on hold at the library right Do now. It. If yeah, if yeah, like,
0: if you like the first one, the second one is. I think the second one made me cry almost even more because
1: oh, it was like, like she was like coming, coming back, back and how different it would be. Because she was
0: away from her family, her parents, who she was like super close to. Her parents are these super cool. I think marxist like yes. really progressive cool people who give her a lot of freedom and yes i mean just they're so brave they're so courageous standing up in the face of all Oof. of like the violence and the restrictions that is happening um, right. It kind of gives Marjane like a really unique perspective. So for her to come back into that is beautiful as well. And it just it just really quantifies what happens in war with that. Battle.
1: Yeah. My God. Okay. Definitely need to get onto reading the sequel.
0: You got to. It's it's kind of yeah. It's kind of brilliant. I think this like has been banned in America in the past couple years, which is again why I mean, of course, what? Lol what happened but it was never published in iran which i find really
1: interesting Mm. because it's it kind of makes sense because it's very anti kind of the the system that came in yeah
0: which is like still in power exactly like islamic revolution is still felt throughout so yeah the iranian government is not very happy with this book and they never let it be translated into farsi which was the author's first language, she wrote it in French yeah. first, I think.
1: And really? Yeah. I did
0: not know that. Because I think she settled in in Paris. I think that's where she wrote it. But there was also a movie that was made, so I recommend that Ooh. to you as well. Oh, my God. But I that's okay. how I first found out about it because the movie was obviously banned in Iran and it was banned in Lebanon and all of these other places and I think Amnesty International got involved things and things like it was a violation of freedom of expression and this is like a really important and that's how I first found out about it so I actually watched the movie before I read the book or anything
1: oh my god I had no idea it got made
0: into a movie I love that yeah the movie is really good as well I think it was nominated at Cannes and got nominated for an Academy Award as well it's it's kind of oh, amazing. wow yeah and yeah heartbreaking but also hope and i i honestly can't recommend it enough i learned a lot but also enjoyed like yes marjane like the girl at the heart of the story oh my god so i was obsessed with, <laughs> in love with her i love her yes. so
1: much like you want that for every kid to have like that sense of confidence and wonder and curiosity and the um, stubbornness honestly. and bravery like she was such a great nuanced I think she got Character like, slash person. Yeah,
0: like she got expelled from a bunch of schools because she would like stand up to the teachers and like yes. ask why bowing down to this government and why are we wearing certain veils and all of that kind of thing. It's... Yeah, she's kind of my hero. She's
1: brilliant. I was gonna say, like, her as a child seems so much braver and stronger than oh I feel god, like I've, like I've ever been as an year adult.
0: Year yeah. <laughs> goals. Stars. Absolute goals. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Persepolis so The Story good. of a Childhood by Marjane Satrapi. Oh my god, I love this.
1: Yes, yes, yes to graphic novels. I love that we've both accidentally themed our choices oh my gosh, this week. Yes,
0: this is amazing. <laughs> so, what is your book? Why did it get banned?
1: Um, My book is Gender Queer by Maya Kobabi, um, and it was banned in the US very recently. I think it came out. I'm trying to find I out I, yeah 2019 so it's like very very recent book
0: I think I can picture the cover is it like a
1: someone a standing and like staring at reflection? their reflection yes. yeah yeah
0: everywhere because it's been banned that's so yes oh my gosh I love that you've picked
1: I would say it's one of the most educational books explaining what it is like for someone to be non-binary and yes. also asexual and I feel like Lots of, you know, nonfiction books try so hard to explain a lot of this. And this was the simplest way, I think, of distilling, the, like, this person's experience. So, oh, wow.
0: um,
1: yeah, so the author, Maya Kobabi, uses air pronouns. So, um, yeah, so I can't remember there's a term for them, basically. So I think a lot of people make assumptions that anyone who's non-binary only uses that they and them. Yeah. And then I think there's also misconceptions. Like some non-binary people use she, her or he, him. Mm. But then there's a whole subset of, yeah, I have to look up the term um, of different pronouns. So there's like, it's really she, she, there's yeah, emr there's oh, just different yeah. ones. And also it's like fluid, right? Like you might decide that you like pronouns that fit with you for a certain period of time and then that changes Um, I think people also assume it's this static thing where you choose they them pronouns and that's it forever Um, I think that's a
0: really big thing like it's not yeah right
1: it's totally and not making assumptions that just because someone's non-binary it's automatically they them or it's automatically something else so um yeah so um oh my gosh I'm
0: just looking at the graphics it's like yeah it's so beautiful, beautiful. and <laughs> yeah oh my
1: god amazing so basically it's an autobiography charting a journey of self-identity um and also the confusion of like you know teenage crushes but then grappling with how to come out to family and society and friends yeah. And how difficult that is. Um, And a lot of people who um, maybe identify as non binary and a bit older have often come out as various forms of queer earlier in life so then there's this sense of like a secondary coming out and what that means and it almost makes it even more complicated and layered oh gosh that's true um, i never thought
0: of that like not only yeah i kind
1: of have to do it again like so it's almost like this double coming out and then dealing with the ramifications and the questions and all of that
0: Um, yeah
1: and something that society doesn't even understand even more the pain of that
0: and trying to explain exactly
1: devastating but it was just like a wonderful educative book in the sense that I mean it's fucked in some ways that someone's had like a lot of awful experiences but to transform that into this really powerful graphic novel that explains their experiences And, you know, becomes like a model for other, you know, hopefully kids or adults or teenagers or whatever who are also grappling with their identity and um, whether they might be non-binary or not. They were. So it's really Um, like educational, almost like a guide. I found it really educational because it's kind of like them air working through, like, yeah, coming out to family and friends, lots of the questions that they got asked. But also it's just an insight. It peels back those layers of what it is to live in a body that just feels wrong to the the way that you identify. Yeah. Yeah, So, you know, things like the violation of getting something like a pap smear when you're non-binary is just like completely layered and different to an experience if you're cis and you're feeling totally comfortable in the body you were born into. Um, Yeah, so it's kind of like this beautiful touching guide on gender identity what it means how to think about it and I think it's useful for absolutely everyone regardless of whether you have knowledge of anyone in your life identifying as non-binary and asexual because I think it's also really important to remember that just because you don't think you know anyone who is doesn't mean that that's true they just might not have come out to you that's so true Um, it's not to make the assumption yeah and to just Like, if you read things like this and educate yourself, I think you become a better friend, a better ally, a better family member on the off chance that, like, someone in your life does identify this way. So, yeah, it was, like, this really beautiful, heartbreaking, you know, at moments, dark as well, um, autobiography um, of Maya Kobabi, who is the author.
0: Oh, my God, it's beautiful. I feel like this is one of those examples because I've definitely seen the cover everywhere. Where yes. A book gets banned, which means that it gets so much more publicity mm-hmm. <laughs> and attention, yep. which is kind of brilliant. It's almost like working the opposite way, where the people that who banned yeah. or challenged it wanted it to. Go. So true. It's obviously gotten so much more popular and publicity because of all the all the drama and all the controversy. True. I love that so I much. I think
1: it also got a bit of a reputation because, like, it's probably one of the first memoirs autobiographies that were a little bit more accessible that it um really spoke to the non-binary experience yeah um and like reckoning with that sense of identity so I think it was also just like it came at a really important time I think when we were starting to have you know as a society many more sort of transparent conversations around gender identity yeah, um, and people's pronouns um than we ever have before so I think it sort of hit at exactly the right time in history, yeah, it was kind of like revolutionary in that sense. So yeah, I really loved it. It's Gender Queer by Maya Kobarbi. And if for nothing else, like you said, the um drawings and illustrations are absolutely gorgeous. So I highly recommend it on that basis alone. is your non-book recommendation have you seen beef yet no it's on my list and it's been on there for a bit and I'm, yeah, Because okay. such a
0: fan of Ali Wong and
1: she is I know, amazing.
0: I know, I love her so much. And so right. is Steven Young, he's incredible in it as well. I mean, also
1: what a fucking babe. Oh, and and also so there's hottest. been a bit of controversy controversy around this show too. Anyway, tell me about it because I really, really want to watch this. It's kind of
0: a wild, chaotic TV series. It's hard to explain. It's basically two complete strangers get into a road rage incident <laughs> and. Those are the points that they're at in their life, both kind of at the edge of their tether and there's already things going on. They kind of make it into a much more bigger thing than it should have been and they essentially seek revenge on each other and attempt to blow up each other's lives. It is super, super (laughs) intense, but I cannot express to you how funny it is. And how okay. beautiful it's shot, and it's it is a comedy. It's hilarious and ridiculous in that sense. But there are some really dark. They get really deep into this feud. It can get really dark at points. I had to switch it off and just take a breath and be oh like, "Oh my god, I need to come back to this. This has gone too far. It's almost they're pushing each other to see how kind of where the, that breaking point yeah, is. They're trying to test each other. It's definitely a black comedy." And there's almost psychological elements. It's quite tragic, but it's essentially a comedy and it's just brilliant and I can't recommend it enough. It's oh my God. so entertaining and just the funniest thing I've watched all year, honestly. Yeah. So recommend beef. You've gotta you've gotta get on it, everyone. Okay. You gotta watch it. I can't explain it enough to appreciate it. <laughs> so yeah.
1: Okay, I will get on to this. Because i have been meaning to watch it for a really long time
0: um what have you been consuming lately
1: um also a tv show also a netflix series Mm -hmm. and i feel like to be fair at this point i think probably everyone has watched this but i'm gonna recommend it anyway yeah because i just really enjoyed it Um, but it's Queen Charlotte, the Bridgerton sort of prequel spin-off sub show. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I absolutely loved it. It was so fun to be back in the Bridgerton world with the like over the top costumes Yes, and the like interesting, yeah, but I just love deep diving into the Queen's backstory. You know, she was such a prominent character in the first two seasons, but then to sort of peel back the layers was just fascinating because there's like a lot of um, mis-
0: like mystery and things said yes. surrounding her in like the original bridgerton exactly so like, um tv shows so it's kind of amazing that we got a deep dive into her backstory yes. a bit more. and it's very fascinating with a very hot prince
1: I mean, very hot print. I also <laughs> loved like getting the insight into Lady Danbury and like her backstory as well. Because again, also a very prominent character that you kind of love as an elder sort of in that really rich community, but loved Yes, her. a lot more dramatic than I thought it would yes! be. Yes. Also the actress that played the young Lady Danbury is amazing. And I found out it's her first, that was her first acting role since she graduated from like drama school oh
0: my god which is just insane yeah
1: but also like fucking nailing it and being amazing like oh my god um but yeah i loved i loved that they used it as this depiction of mental illness Mm. i thought that was really interesting and i loved that it's based on like a real person and that they kind of tied in there's almost an historical fiction component to it versus a lot of bridgerton is very much fiction, that's whereas this point, yeah. is Queen like Shala a really
0: existed, yeah, yeah,
1: and this is like a really interesting backstory. And obviously they've modernized and changed lots of different aspects. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was just so fun being back in that world. Is just a mind numbing joy. I oh mean, um, that's so true. Ultra- yeah, to just experience it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally worth exactly. it. Exactly, and something just, like, about the colors—it's brighter. It's yes, sharper. the escapism, oh, the over the top opulence. Yes like, yes. just all of it is fascinating. I totally um, agree with you. So, yeah, if you're looking for a show where you can, like, absolutely switch off your brain and just live in another world, that this is the show for you.
0: I know. I've talked to a lot of people that actually liked it better than Bridget.
1: Yeah, I agree, actually. And I think because it took – I don't know. It was more nuanced. It was a bit more depth to it, I think, because yeah. – yeah. It wasn't just, you know, will they, won't they in terms of, like, a love steamy, like, lost situation. While it had those elements, it was more about how complicated their relationship was as king and queen and trying to unpick, like, yeah, that difference between the public persona and how, how vulnerable you are with the people in your life. Like, it was just, yeah, I think it had depth to it that the other Bridgerton series just didn't that's such a good point oh this was so needed so lovely so to be satisfying. able to talk to you about yes. books I've missed you I've missed, I've missed, you missed our chat <laughs> this has been bloody delightful
0: such good recommendations across oh my the god board. yes yes so I love the, this
1: um Yeah, you reminded me that there's the second Persepolis book. So super pumped to go get that.
0: Well, that was inspired by you because I know you (laughs) love your graphic novels. So I'm
1: trying to read more
0: and trying to get more into that because it is such a fun a fun yeah. medium i love it yeah
1: exactly so i hope if nothing else this is a reminder that if you have not given graphic novels a go to maybe borrow one and see what you think you might be surprised i know i was i kind of went into reading graphic novels thinking i'd be like meh whatever totally. and i've loved them saying like you've encouraged me more in the non-fiction space <laughs> and audiobooks like yeah changed my reading life it's been great oh we got a second much
0: Everybody <laughs> get on
1: it. It's amazing. Yes, That's yes, cool yes. Um. All right. Well, happy reading, everybody. Happy
0: reading. Happy
1: listening. If you're listen to the audio Yes. Also, that happy consuming books in whatever way works for your brain. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm so. In- yeah, we've got so many different formats on this one. But it's kind it's of so good. Something
0: for everyone. Yes. It.
1: We do it. We do what we can. <laughs>